Welcome to The Unstrewed Show, my personal journal covering pop culture, millennial life, relationships, and career from an unstrewed point of view. And I'm so excited to be back because I feel like it's been a good amount of time. I've been away from the podcast and I'm back like I never left and excited to talk to you guys today. I'm actually currently binge watching a new show on Netflix. I'll have to share what show it is later because I feel like that deserves its own podcast. But I'm here to talk about another Netflix show that has brought me so much joy while we have been, you know, experiencing what we're experiencing and in need of joy. I know I'm in need of joy for sure because everything going on is such a drain and it's very stressful. Um, I feel like that's a whole conversation on its own because, wow, like how are people doing life right now? How are you doing life right now? How are you doing? Um, Those are questions I ask myself every day. And one thing I wrote on my wall to keep me encouraged during the season is I will not self-destruct because it takes so much work to kind of keep spirits up and stay excited and keep the energy alive as it kind of feels like the world is being turned upside down a little bit. So I'm making it. <laughs> Some days are a little bit better than others. And it's definitely a roller coaster. So if you're feeling the same, you know, let me know. Reach out. Reach out. Tell me. <laughs> uh, you're not alone. Trust me. It's it's difficult sometimes to just really make it through the day. But one thing that has brought me so much joy since we've been in this season over the last couple weeks is Babysitter's Club. So it is a series or 10 episode series on Netflix, but more importantly than it just being a series and a show on Netflix, it's books that were a book series that were started in the 1980s uh, by Ann and Martin. And it's based on, I think seven girls are in the Babysitter's Club um, and how they start the club and their journey through being, you know, teen teens I don't know if I call them teens I maybe say tweens and teenagers or young adults and I when I tell you that this show brought me so much joy watching the 10 episodes and watching the way that they navigated bringing a a time when things were not so digital into a digital world so the premise of the babysitters club is these girls meet I think Monday Wednesday and Friday and they meet in one of the girls' bedrooms. Her name is Claudia. They meet in Claudia's bedroom. She has a phone line, and that's their phone line for the Babysitter's Club. And the very first episode is all about Christy's great idea. So Christy is very, in the show, they've really made her very feminist, very about her business, very focused, very goal-oriented, uh, almost to the point where she kind of alienates some of the other girls sometimes. But anyway, she comes up with this bright idea to start a Babysitter's Club where you know, parents can call this one number and get a group of girls who babysit and they can easily find childcare. Very entrepreneurial girl Christy is because she was inspired to do this based on her mom's need for a babysitter. So she takes the mom's need for a babysitter. Her mom can't find anybody. Her mom doesn't want to sign up for one of these care.com sites or babysitting sites that charge a membership, but she does want to find someone to help babysit. And Christy has this bright idea that they should start the club. So I was kind of nervous about how they were going to turn, like I said, such an analog club of pre-digital days into something that's very timely and relevant for 2020, where kids are always on their cell phone. So when you think about kids always having a cell phone, always being on their phones, and it made me wonder, like, what would be the point of them having the landline? Like, how does the club work? Because that's such a big 
part of the babysitters club is those weekly meetings and having the phone line and sitting around the room and having candy because Claudia is a big candy person. So she has candy all in her room because uh, her parents do not approve. <laughs> so how are all those things going to culminate into making babysitters club what it is? And so in the first episode, the way that they kind of tied it all together is that uh, Claudia has a extra phone line because her sister who's super, super smart needed a really really high speed Wi-Fi to do all the work that she does. So she has the free landline and they talk about doing social media, but then they talk about the Russians <laughs> hacking into their information. And they also talk about the age because there's age requirements for Instagram. And I'm sure it was really intentional, but they never disclosed to us the age of the girls. So I read all the Babysitter's Club books when I was younger in the nineties. And in the books, they, it's almost like the Simpsons where the Simpsons has been on the show, what, as a show for like, what, 30 years now? But Bart, Lisa, and Maggie don't age. I don't even think Homer and Marge age. Like, they just don't age. And so that's kind of how the books treat the characters is they never really age. And they end up going through about 100 or so books. They have secret specials. They have mysteries. They have uh, summer uh, trips and summer camps and Sea Island specials. And they even had this series called California Diaries that talks about one of the characters, Dawn, who's from California. So it brings it back to when she eventually moves back out there in the book series, she moves back out there. And so the California Diaries cover all her friends. But Anyway, never really gives out the girl's age, but they kind of determine that they're too young to have Instagram accounts and that the best way to move forward with the club is to use the landline. And they have this retro phone that was really cool back in the day. Um, I even found like this think piece on the phone because the phone ended up being a big hit. And I want to say it was made by Conair, which, or was it Dyson? Basically, a manufacturer that now is famous for making blow dryers made the phone and they didn't realize it was going to be such a big hit. And so uh, even Claudia references this on the episode where she talks about buying the phone on Etsy. So I thought that was pretty funny in terms of nostalgia. And I actually looked up the phone on there and it's like over $100 for this this phone. And I'm talking old school phone with the cord and it's clear. So very much like Clarissa explains it all retro 90s teenager vibe right so it's not even like a cordless phone I don't even know if they have an answering machine like old school old school which to me as a reader of the books I was like totally nostalgic and I think they really captured the essence of the series while also making it modern for 2020 so the first episode like I said is called Christie's big idea or Christie's great idea and so in the episode, heavily featured is Alicia Silverstone. So that was nostalgic too, because there's this line where Christy says, I guess my mom's not so clueless. So I was like, wait a minute, clueless, Alicia Silverstone. Okay, that kind of all ties in. And I like seeing her be a mom. And I thought that was a really cool aspect to have her on the show and to have the parents be really engaged in the kids' lives. I tweeted about how I was so excited to watch the show and my friend said that was one of her high notes of the series is that she felt like the parents were very engaged. And I can say throughout all the episodes, the parents were really engaged in what the kids were doing, um, how they were interacting, how they were treating each other. So the second idea, second episode is Claudia and the Phantom Caller. So this is about... 
it's about this phantom caller who's like calling people and you know that was that was the main name where phantom caller comes from but the way claudia talks about it is the voices that tell you that you're not good enough or you're not this enough or that enough and how you can't give into them and you have to kind of recognize that the voice within that's telling you to go after your heart and your passion which for her is art is is something that you should let lead you and not shut you down uh it also kind of gets a lot into the fact that claudia has a lot of pressure on her from her parents uh they expect her to do really well academically and that's just a struggle for her and so she takes this test and doesn't do really well and by not because she didn't do well she can't go to a dance and so that's kind of how all that tied in but i thought it was interesting that in the same episode marianne um her gets punished because she comes home a couple minutes late. She has to use this old school phone that really can't dial anybody. So <laughs> I thought that was interesting because her dad is very overprotective, just like he was in the books, but she ends up not being able to go babysit like she was supposed to and has to stay home because of it. Ultimately, I, I liked that episode because it was really focused on Claudia and her fashion and her passions. And I like that the children that they cast in the show actually look like tweens, which the Babysitter's Club is tweens, even though sometimes it felt like they were more adult than me when I read them because I was younger than they were at the time. I want to say I was maybe fourth, fifth grade when I read the Babysitter's Club and they were middle schoolers. So I guess I saw them as these adults because they were babysitting and they had jobs and they were making money, uh, but they really aren't. They're very much young adults. Um, the third episode was actually the truth about Stacy, which leading up to this episode, Stacy was kind of like suspect behavior and sneaking around, and the other girls noticed it. Like she never ate in front of them, she never invited them over, and she kind of reveals why. It's because she's a type one diabetic and. The way she, re when she revealed it to them, it's funny because one of them was like, and Halle Berry has it and this person has it. Like they brought up all these people that they already knew that had it. So they didn't think anything less of her for having it because she can't prevent it. I mean, I really appreciated the camaraderie that the girls have between themselves. I mean, they were really supportive of each other. They were good listeners. And whenever they would have a disagreement, I liked how they wouldn't, they would call each other out, but not in a way that was offensive or mean. Uh, maybe in the moment it felt mean, but in the end game, it was ultimately for the greater good. For instance, in the episode uh, Phantom Caller, um, Christy was really ragging on Marianne's dad, talking about how he was just a little extra and over the top. And Marianne was like, well, at least I know what it's like to have a dad because Christy's dad's not around. And while it was a, a bit of a jab, it was also a way to show Marianne sitting up for herself and for her dad because she's like, you're not going to talk about my dad. That's my dad. And defended him as she should. So back to the truth about Stacy. So in this episode, what ends up happening is this rival Babysitter's Club comes around and they're basically doing all the things that the Babysitter's Club can't do and they're the Babysitter's Agency. So they're posting like YouTube videos and they're older so they can stay out later. But of course, they're definitely not great babysitters in comparison to the Babysitter's Club. They're not as attentive or caring. And I thought it was really funny that this club was way more digital than the babysitters club being analog. So they're also competing against people that have greater reach in terms of their marketing. 
than they do. So the Babysitter's Club was like making flyers and wearing sandwich billboards and standing outside with them, which is definitely very embarrassing to the girls. And the babysitter's agency is like making up balloons and they're putting videos out. And so they're just almost doing everything that was more modern to put their business out there. But in the end, you know, quality stands out, cream rises to the top and the babysitter's club is victorious because the babysitter's agency just isn't doing as great of a job. Another thing that I really, really liked about the show is that the cast is a little more diverse than what the original series was. Uh, Marianne is actually mixed and her mom um, was a black woman and she died. So Marianne looks a little bit different, little differently than she was described in the books, but she still has the braids and the curly hair. Cause I think her hair was curly or wavy in the books as it was described. And I never, I mean, I saw the Netflix posters and flyers and stuff leading up to the show, but I didn't really pay too much attention to the fact that Dawn was not blonde. Uh, it's a big part of the series where they talk about Don having blonde hair like the sun or the um they always bring that up but in the series she's actually um Spanish or Mexican and her hair is dark and she has darker skin so I really like that they made that change and I think that they didn't take the characters to too far extremes from the core of who they are even though their race might be different which I really like that like they're still true to themselves and the and the way that Anne and Martin created them to be I think that like I said was a great part of the series and a great component so I appreciate that they kept the core parts of the story the same for us hardcore fans out there (laughs) like me I also like that Marianne was babysitting a child that was trans uh she was a boy and in her mind sees herself as a girl so the parents have embraced that and when Marianne had to save the day and take the child to the hospital she was very cautious and gentle about telling the hospital staff like you can't treat Bailey which is the child's name like a boy when Bailey identifies as a girl you need to treat her like she would like to be treated and respect that wish that she has to be a girl so I like that she stood up for the child and her dad was able to see it and also recognize you're growing up you're mature um I think that that episode really showed Marianne stepping outside of her comfort zone and it taught me a word which is nomcore which is uh fashion styling <laughs> that uh, Mary Ann describes Christy as having so basically it means that Christy is really good at dressing like almost like a tomboy I'd say is the best way to put it yeah <laughs> so unisex fashion trend she's very unpretentious and kind of wears normal clothes so she wears a lot of t-shirts sweatshirts uh sneakers just kind of chill and attractive and comfortable and viewed as normal by all people so it's that kind of laid back fashion uh Claudius is not very artistic fashion but I think this was a good way for Marion to say like I'm not I don't have the coolest clothes but she talked to her dad and she's like can I dress a little bit more me can I find myself in that way and I thought it was great that the episodes after this one really showed her changing her hair and doing things a little bit differently but and finding her own voice and her own confidence. So I thought that was great. 
I really like the episode. Well, I think I have two favorite episodes. No, my one favorite episode is actually Claudia and the Mean Janine. It had Mimi on there. Um, it embraced Claudia and her sister really having a heart to heart conversation um, about Mimi and getting a little bit closer. They're very opposite from each other because Janine is just this really intense, very focused, smart person. And Claudia is very artistic. And I think they kind of butt heads a little bit, but it really showed them coming together as Janine told her about Manzanar, which I had not heard about Manzanar. So it was very informative to me. Uh, and it's almost like the Holocaust, but for Japanese people. So it was very insightful to learn about that and see just the trajectory of the episode and how they all came together as friends when Mimi had the stroke and the other parents kind of stepped in to help take care of Claudia and Janine. I thought that was cool. The next episode kind of showed them going away to Sea City, which I thought was great because Sea City was such an integral part of their original series. A lot of the beach trips and a lot of the uh, summer specials took place there. And the final episode before they went away to camp for the summer was Christie's Big Day, which was different from the book. So one criticism I'd have of the Babysitter's Club books is that I felt like the girls kind of lived in a fantasy land to an extent. And when I say fantasy land, it's like nothing bad really happened. And it wasn't really aligned with things that girls of that age really go through. Like around that same time, I was in fourth or fifth grade. I'm reading, are you there? God is still Margaret and Judy Bloom books where I felt like the kids in those books were having more experiences in line with reality, like starting your period and wanting to fit in with other girls and, you know, wanting to wear a bra. Like those things were never really touched on in the babysitter's club. I feel like it was very surface level, stories and in Chrissy's big day it's about her mom getting married and the transition that they're having because of that the transition that she's having in her relationship with her mom as her mom is marrying somebody very wealthy where she's seen her mom as always this hard-working woman who's taking care of she and her three brothers on her own so that whole dynamic is shifting Christy's perspective of her as now they're going to be wealthy and things are just going to be different and they're changing and she has a stepbrother and sister and they're moving into this big house so all these shifts are happening I mean the the new stepdad buys her brother a new BMW when he was saving up to buy a used Corolla so these things are are different from what she's used to because her dad was not around and I think all throughout the show leading up to this Watson who's her stepdad has just tried so 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 hard to get closer to her and to get her to be engaged with her new stepbrother and sister through the babysitters club. I mean, he's literally the reason they have the business because he referred her their first couple clients, but kind of getting back to the meat of the stories. Like I said, babysitters club was very surface level, not deep stories. And to see Christy get her period in this episode, I thought was great because they never touched on stuff like this in the series. They kind of just, like I said, kept it very surface, very fluffy, but I think the show is a, a chance to, I wouldn't say write that wrong, but a show is a chance to this show in this season, I mean, in 2020, in this decade is a chance to do better than they did for the 1996 movie and for the series that came out before that, which was not that good either. 
and also for the books like do them better do give them more justice that they deserve because a girl who's in middle school getting her period that's like real life um and it's not fluffy and some of the other things they address throughout the show like having to be mature on the job and having to deal with, you know, a loved one getting hurt or injured and having to tell the truth about your test scores instead of lying and having a middle school girl have to deal with having type one diabetes and wear an insulin pup and watch her diet and be responsible. Like all those things I think get more meat to them than the books were able to give the characters if that makes any sense but to me it makes total sense because like I said the books were just so fluffy even though I read I probably had a hundred babysitters club books at one time and several secret specials and several of the California diaries which in the California diaries they were a little bit more meaty they dealt with like death they dealt with um sex uh, but I think they were a little bit older than the Babysitter's Club, which are middle schoolers. The California Diaries are more in the high school age. But like I said, they dealt with more real life things like, you know, losing a parent. And they really got into the weight of them. Whereas I felt like the Babysitter's Club first edition 100 or so books, they were a little bit fluffy and they were a little bit less deep than a Judy Bloom book. I think that was my first time reading a book where I was like, oh, this is going to happen to me. And I've read all these Babysitter's Club books, but one, they don't get older. And two, I don't know if they really dug as deep as this show was able to. So I'm so grateful that we get to see the Babysitter's Club and that new generations are exposed to it through television and in such a really great way because the storytelling was so good. The clothing was just perfect I felt like all the clothing and the outfits really aligned with the way the books used to describe them I mean that was one thing that I think they did do a good job of in the series is giving Claudia a very unique off the edge artistic big fashion style I mean every episode she had these big earrings in and she had these big colorful outfits and she had candy hidden all through her room and they showed that and I'm like they they really got the the little details that I loved about the show I mean Marianne's hair and her outfits but also Christy just being bossy but eager to learn at the same time I wouldn't say eager to learn but willing to learn and to adjust and to grow and change because that's what Christy's big day did was show her growing and changing and adjusting uh I really liked the first eight episodes better than I liked episode nine and ten where they were at camp I kind of liked having the individual girls be the narrators um of their own story even though they toss it off to the other girls at some time but I felt like the camp episodes were a good way to set up Jesse and Mallory being there and a good way to show uh, off some of the children that they babysit and the girls challenging authority in a respectful way and getting, getting to be leaders at the camp. Um, I think they thought they were going to go to camp and have this really together experience, but they were separated, but it was in a way that would help them each grow and learn about each other and they were put into situations I felt like we're going to to challenge them a little bit like Stacy was 
I think she was roomed with her. She was roomed with someone from her past when she lived in New York who made a video of her passing out from her diabetes. And uh, yeah, so you had to confront talking to someone who, you know, did something like that to you. And then Marianne and Logan really get screen time here. And if you read the books, you know, Logan is Marianne's boyfriend. Hopefully if they get a season two, which I really, really hope that they do, because this, like I said, every review I read about this also matched my enthusiasm for it. So I'm excited about that too. Not that reviews, um, impact shows being renewed. I'm sure it's viewership too, but I hope a lot of people watched it. I've been telling everybody like, this is the best thing I watched since we've been, you know, locked away a little bit. (laughs) Um, and I really do think it is the best thing I watched. I've run through the series a couple times and I think it's one of those things where I say it's a rare feeling, but I feel like they got all the pieces right. Um, and I really appreciate that. I really appreciate the care and the thought that went into making it what it is. And I hope, I really, really hope that they get to do more of what they did because it was so great. Um, the costume designer, she did such a good job and yeah, I did notice that Claudia was wearing the yellow plaid, like from Clueless. And I was just reading how they did give a nod to the um that that look for sure so they really tried to get all the pieces which I noticed that also that Claudia wore a lot of Kate Spade earrings just the big over-the-top styles and they really tried to shop at um they shopped at Simon's in Vancouver for a lot of their clothing and they did a lot of vintage shopping and upcycling so I think that's really cool where they they transformed or creatively reused stuff for their clothing. And they also shopped at like Zara, H&M, American Eagle, Gap, Urban Outfitters, Topshop, Alice and Olivia, Anthropology, Anthropology and Nordstrom, which I think gave it a really cool feel. But the way that they put it together, man, it was it was a highlight for me of the show. Um, I, yeah, I'm looking up now and I see that the show has a 100% approval rating. Yeah, like I said, it's so good. I really appreciate what they put together. It wasn't nostalgia. It was, I mean, it is nostalgic, but it wasn't cookie cutter. It wasn't sugar coated. It, it's a very real portrayal, I think, of teenagers in this time and day and age and some of the things that they go through without giving it to us on a sugary spoon. It's not um, 13 Reasons Why Risque, but it is family friendly. And I think that it's something if I had a daughter that was like 10, I'd totally watch it with her. Um, I'd probably even watch this with my younger cousin if she would sit still through it just because I think she would love it. I mean, and I think those girls are really great, cool role models. I I really think that, um, yeah, I think I would say my favorite character was Claudia. I really think they, they just captured the essence of the Claudia I remember from the books so perfectly and I liked that Dawn was modernized but also really in line with who Dawn in the books was like the vegetarian California laid-back style um, they made her a really great communicator who's open-minded and very care careful and thoughtful towards her mom there's this one scene where Marianne and her dad and Dawn and her mom are eating dinner and I 
think it was really cool that Marianne, a phone rang and Marianne's dad was like, we don't do phones at the table. And Dom was like, that's my phone. And her mom's like, we have different rules. And so she kind of told him like, Hey, she can answer her phone. I'm the mom of her and left it open ended while, um, you know, Marianne's dad was like, nah, <laughs> that's not how we do things. But if you haven't watched it, I hope I didn't give away too many spoilers, but I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Even if you didn't read the books, it's just such a great show and it's really fun. If you have teens, tweens, girls, um, it might be even cool for boys, but I'm sure mostly girls will like it. Watch it with them, talk it over. It should drive conversation and it should be just a really fun experience. So my mom, I told her for a couple of weeks, I'm like, just watch it, just watch it. And she was like, I never read the books. And she complained and she whined. And then eventually she called me and she was like, guess what I just watched? Babysitter's Club, it's so good. There's such good friends. And if anything, I think the series does a great job of showing true girl friendships and friends who really support each other, look out for each other, and who are able to put aside their differences and work together. So check it out. And I am happy to be back making podcasts again. I feel like I should never leave, but this season has been really rough. I just have to be honest. And I'm sure some of you guys are feeling the same, but I have a total smile on my face because podcasting brings so much joy and I hope to be back soon. I think I will. I have a couple cool episodes planned out for the next few weeks that I'd love to share with you guys. So if you'd like to keep in touch with me, you can email me at Dana at thegreatdanaj.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, The Great Dana J. And I can't wait to be back with you guys soon. Talk to you then. Bye.